1: rejected Him because we're afraid to change. We like the darkness. We're comfortable in the darkness, so we don't want to change. We rejected Him because He called us not only to believe, but He called us to repent and believe. By rejecting Him, we've demonstrated our foolishness. But Paul said in Romans, we've demonstrated our foolishness by rejecting Him. Get this. God has offered us grace, hope, and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And we said no to God.
0: As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be reminding you that Jesus didn't just save you so you can escape the punishment of hell. Jesus also saved you from the power of sin in your life. Allow the Lord to shine a light on those dark areas of your life and repent of any known sin. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 1 as he continues his message, The True Light Has Come.
1: The true Christ has come. The true light has come. Christ is the true light of humanity. And he entered the world. He was the Word made flesh to dwell among us. The Word of God, the Logos, has came to, come to earth as a man. Now as we were looking up on 4 and 5, we said that Christ is the true light. He's brighter than any light that has ever shined. Christ is the great light that shines into the hearts of men and women everywhere. He's the great light that shines in the midst of darkness. The world has been called out of darkness. The world has been called out of darkness. Christ beckons us. He bids us, He bids you to come out of the darkness into his marvelous light. In fact, the Apostle Peter says these very words. The Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 2:9 calls you a chosen nation, or excuse me, a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him. Why? Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Witness. That's what witness is. We're proclaiming the truth. We're proclaiming the truth of who Christ is. But sadly, many rejected the light, Including his own people. Let's look at verses 10 and 11. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Here we see the light rejected. We had the light proclaimed, and now we have the true light, and now we see the light rejected. Why did the world reject the light? Well, first of all, they didn't know him. They didn't know him. And the world refers to the people to whom Jesus came. This boggles my mind. Now, I was an unbeliever for a long time, so I do kind of understand this, but it boggles my mind. Jesus the light came to shine light into the darkness. He was in the world. John already told us that nothing was made that wasn't made by him, including the world, including everybody. But the world didn't know him. The world couldn't grasp the fact that he had come. They still can't grasp the fact that he's been here. They still can't look at that. They look at us like we have three heads when we say these kind of things. That's the world of man. See if you can follow my thinking here. When I read scripture, it appears that some aspects of creation and some aspects of the world did know him. They did recognize him. Let me give you a few examples. Every time he came to someone who was demon-possessed, the demon would yell out, What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth, Son of the Most High God? They knew who he was. The demons knew who he was and declared who he was. Obviously, the wind and the sea knew who he was. They were in a ship that was about ready to sink. And he stood up and said, Peace be still. And it calmed the storm. The rocks knew who he was. The Pharisee says, stop your people from crying out. He said, if I don't cry out, the rocks will cry out. The rocks knew who he was. The stones would cry out. It was only the darkened minds of men who did not know who Jesus was, who don't know who Jesus is today. They failed to recognize him. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and yet the world knew him not. And there was a little donkey sitting there. Who had never been ridden before, I bet he knew who Jesus was, because when Jesus sat upon him, the donkey was docile and just walked. Donkey knew who Jesus was, but the world rejected him because they didn't know him. They didn't know him. But the world didn't want to know him. Why? Why didn't the world want to know him? And this is the second reason why it was rejected. Because when the true light came, it shined upon their sin. It shined upon their sin. The world rejected him because the true light was shining in him. And in 319 of John it says, the darkness loved, excuse me, they loved darkness better than light. The sin. Back in 1960, a group Simon and his pet Garfunkel. Actually, it was just Simon and Garfunkel. They sang a song and it began like this. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk to you again. This accurately describes how many of us still feel today. The darkness is our friend. The darkness is our friend and we live in spiritual darkness because we do not recognize the fact that the true light has come into the world. And we live in perpetual darkness. We become used to it. We're comfortable in it. And it's our place of safety. Believe that. Our darkness is our place to safety. Until the light of Christ shines into that darkness. And the darkness scatters and flees all around. And you're left all by yourself. You and Christ. And all of a sudden, your sins are glaring at you. Your sins are raging at you. The true light has come into the world. To show us our sins, to shine the light in the midst of our darkened lives. And in verse 11 it says, Even his own rejected him. Even his own rejected him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Not only did the world reject Jesus, but his own people rejected Jesus. He told them, I've come to the lost sheep of Israel. I've come to Israel, the lost sheep. He was their promised Messiah. He fulfilled every single prophecy about him in the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled it to the letter and they refused to believe him. What did they tell Pontius Pilate when he said, here's your king. We have no king but Caesar. We are not going to let this man rule over us. His own people. Fulfilling Isaiah 53 He, Jesus, was despised and rejected by men. When he came into the world, the world didn't know him. He didn't come as an alien. He came as one of us. He didn't come as an alien. The the word of God, the logos, made life, made flesh, didn't go where he could not have been expected to be known. He went to where he should have been expected to be known. They should have known him. He came home to the people who were expecting him. They were expecting the Messiah to come. They knew the scriptures backwards and forwards. They were expecting the Messiah to come. And folks, I've said this before. I'll say it again. There are buses in Israel today that drive down the street, beautiful great big public service buses with a great big sign saying the Messiah is coming. They're still waiting. They're still expecting the Messiah. And boy, when he comes back this time, It'll be a tad different. It'll be a tad different than it was last time. But he was coming. And read your scriptures. Even the Pharisees didn't know and he held them accountable. You should have known. You should have known that this was when I was supposed to come. It gets worse. Even Jesus' own family didn't recognize it. Even his brothers and sisters didn't recognize it until after the resurrection. The light was rejected by the world, his own people, his own family. He was rejected. The world rejected the truth. And this great, gives me great solace when I start to witness to somebody. But when I start to witness to somebody about Jesus and they turn me down and they don't respond the way I think they're going to respond, the only thing I can think of is, well, wait a minute. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting Jesus. Rejecting the Christ, although it hurts to be rejected, but I can only imagine how he felt by rejecting Jesus. They're rejecting the truth, people are still rejecting the truth today. What happens when you reject the truth? We studied it in Romans 1, in Romans 1, beginning in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Jesus came to the world to sacrifice himself for the sins of the world. And we rejected him. The world rejected him. I rejected him for 40 some odd years. I rejected him. We rejected him because we're afraid to change. We like the darkness. We're comfortable in the darkness, so we don't want to change. We rejected him because he called us not only to believe, but he called us to repent and believe. By rejecting him, we've demonstrated our foolishness. That's what Paul said in Romans. We've demonstrated our foolishness by rejecting him. Get this. God has offered us grace, hope, and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, and we said no to God. But there's glorious news, my friends. There is glorious, glorious news. Let's read verses 12 and 13. But, gotta love the word small, little word, but. Every time you read it in scripture, it changes the whole complexion of where we're going. Sitting there thinking, what are we gonna do? Oh my gosh, look at this. We don't believe them, we can't receive them. Oh my goodness, but, all right, here we go. We're going in a different direction now. This is cool. We can all sit up and smile now because we got some good news, folks. The beating's over. Here comes the glorious time. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Wow. Amen. So the light was proclaimed. The light was true, and the light was rejected. And here's the good news. The light was received. And although many, many rejected the word of God, Many, many rejected the logos. Many, many rejected the light. Many did receive. And many continued to receive. And to those, he gives them an awesome gift. Not only did they get eternal life, but they have the right to become children of God. Children of the Most High God. Can you imagine that? You can say it, can't you? I'm a child of God. Amen. You're a child of God. If you've accepted Christ's sacrifice on the cross, if you've believed that God raised Him from the dead on the third on the third day, if you confess Him with your mouth, you're a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! You are His kid, His children. Yes, absolutely. You can have all the commercials you want, but I can truly tell you, it doesn't get any better than that—a child of the Most High God. And I love John again, but not in his gospel. But in his epistle, says these beautiful words in chapter 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Oh, my. And like some of the translations says, lavish. Behold what manner of God has lavished upon us. Picture, if you will, The dream dad. The dream dad. You know, the one who never missed any of your practices, who never missed any of your ball games, who never missed anything that you did was important. You know, the dream dad. One who was always there when you needed him. One who loved you and provided for you lavishly. One who was intensely interested in every single aspect of your life. This is the father we now have. This is the father who loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. Only once in the Old Testament is God referred to as Father. And that's in the prophecy of Isaiah concerning the Messiah. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The idea of fatherhood of God is a concept brought to us by Jesus. Jesus brought that concept. He sought to impress the personality of God. This is that personal relationship that we now have with God the Father through Jesus Christ. So now comes the alternative to rejection. The alternative to darkness. Jesus gives us an alternative to rejecting his offer by rejecting his offer of salvation. He gives us an alternative. Although you've rejected it, here's the alternative. Receive it. Accept it. Believe it. Here's the alternative. Interesting point is that the bulk of the people did not respond they did reject. And they're still rejecting today, but some did. And John turns his message towards them now. Some did receive him. Another interesting point here is the word believe refers not to a one-time event. It doesn't refer to an altar call. It's not a one-time event. It is a life. It is a lifestyle. It is a life attitude. Believing is who you become, who you are, the new creature in Christ. You don't go down and make an altar call and say, "Yeah, I accept Him," and then go out in the world and do whatever you want and live whatever you like. This that word "believe" doesn't mean that. It's a continuous act. It refers to our lifestyle, our state of being. It's the new creation that we are in Jesus Christ. Then John, in verse ten, he takes it even further. He reminds us the nature of the new birth. It's God's sovereign gift to man. It's not man's achievement. You cannot become a son of God through physical genealogy. In other words, I'm not a son of God because my parents were believers or Christians. It's not in my blood, not in my DNA. It's in Christ's blood and by Christ's blood. It's not something that I inherit from my mother and father. It wasn't in their will that said, now David's a Christian. It doesn't happen that way. This dynamic life as a child of God is not something that you can set your mind on to become. I'm going to live this new dynamic life and I'm not going to walk in darkness anymore. Many of us have said that and many of us tried that before Christ and didn't get us very well. You can't do it by the will of the flesh. You can't be forced into it and you can't be coerced into it. You're not coming to this new life because someone is pushing you or coercing you. The new birth can only come from God born of God as a child of God. So once I was born of blood, but by the will of the flesh and by the will of man, here I am. Thanks, Mom and Dad. That was my physical birth. But my spiritual birth can't take place that way. My spiritual birth has come from God through the Spirit. I've been born again by the Spirit, new life. Maybe you're living in darkness today. Maybe you're living in darkness. Maybe darkness is your old friend. Maybe you're caught in some descending sin and you cannot escape its grip. You've tried. You've tried to break the chains that bind you yourself. You've done everything impossible that you know of to break those chains except one thing. You've tried to no avail and for some reason you always seem to bounce back and you're back at the exact same place you were. And you try. I'm here to tell you today that the Word of God, the Logos, the True Light has come. His name is Jesus Christ, and there's forgiveness of sin and eternal life in His name. And that's what we need. And there is only hope in His name. There is healing in His name. There is joy in His name. There is peace in His name. There is comfort in His name. It's time, my friends, for you to come out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's time that you would be healed from your sin. It's time to be set free from the chains that are binding you, from the chains that are wrapping you up. It's time to be set free. There is no freedom in any other name. For well, there is no name under what by heaven or earth or man should be saved or can be saved. But the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus has come. The light is here. And at the book of Revelation, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Is he knocking at your heart today? Is he knocking at the door of your heart today and saying, let me in. Maybe you're in darkness because you've never made that step of faith. Maybe you're in darkness because you've never made that step of faith where you say, I declare you Lord of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Christ. I believe you died on a cross for me today. And I believe in you is forgiveness of sin. And I confess the name Lord Jesus. And I believe that God rose you again on the third day. Maybe it's time that you did that. Maybe once upon a time you did that. Maybe once upon a time you were at some rally or some youth event or whatever and you heard an altar call and you knew in your heart that you needed this Jesus and you needed to have him in your life somehow or some way and you came forward. And you stood before some guy and he preached the gospel and he told you about the gospel and he led you through a prayer, a very, very simple prayer. And you prayed that prayer and you believed and you went away thinking, I'm saved. Then you drifted. Then you went somewhere and you got off track. Crazy things happened in your life. Life didn't turn out the way you thought it would be. And here you are. Now you're back at the same place. There's hope for you, my brother and sister, today. God is standing before you with his arms wide open and saying, Come back to me. God is still the place to find rest. He's still the place to find hope. He's still the place to find forgiveness of sin. And he's still the place to find eternal life. And his name is Jesus Christ. And there's no other way by which man can be saved. There's no other name. I implore you. I implore you. As we have studied these last days, as we have looked time and time again at what is going to transpire as the time ticks down, we believe there will be a rapture of the church. We believe that those who are true believers will be caught up into the air to meet Jesus Christ at the trumpet sound. We believe it will happen in a twinkle of an eye. We also believe that we don't know when it's going to be. We do not know what's going to be. Maybe today. Maybe it will be in this instant. Maybe it will be at the next second. We don't know when it will be. But if you haven't made that profession of faith, then you will have to go through what we also taught. A time of great tribulation, a time of great woe, a time of great terribleness, the likes that the world has never seen. A time when many, 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 many will die. Oh, you still can get saved during that time, but it will not be a pleasant time. And it'll be very difficult for you to be saved at that point. But you still will, and many will be. My heart is saying to someone in here, It's time to get back to God. It's high time for you to get back. You are sure.
0: The Gospel of John was written from a perspective that provides an eyewitness account of what happened during the life of Jesus here on earth. Different than the other three Gospels, John's book describes Jesus in ways that confirm him as the Son of God. There are things done and said that can only point to Jesus being far more powerful than what a human could do. In the Old Testament, God referred to himself as, I am. In this book, John recounts how Jesus said, I am the light of the world, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the resurrection and the life. These were bold statements, but Jesus proved throughout his ministry that they were indeed true. He lived a life that compelled people to follow at that time, to seek Him out, and to commit their lives. And we can also follow Him today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps you were listening. You realized that you have some questions about faith, and maybe even about salvation. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609 609- Eight eight four five eight two one. You can also click on the Jesus tab at AssureHopeRadio.com. This will provide you with a succinct picture of who Jesus is and how He can change your life. Thank you again for taking the time to learn about God's Word today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.